coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, where the robots are made of papercraft. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? So good, Patrick. Uh, Patrick, can I be the first, uh, hopefully, mm. to tell you happy holidays? Um, what? What, ho- what holiday are we celebrating? Well, you know, like, whatever you celebrate, Christmas, Hanukkah. Oh, um, you're getting you're getting out ahead of the uh, December holidays. Yeah, look, it's February, right? Uh, almost February twenty fifth, right? We're only we're close to only ten months away from Christmas. That's just five more of what we've already done. Now you've got some traveling ahead in your future. Are you anticipating not coming back? <laughs> no, is I just... that why you're getting a, a happy holidays out of the way? No, 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 no. Or I... Are you wishing me a belated President's Day and Valentine's Day? That as well. <laughs> it's an all-encompassing. It's like aloha. Sure. Happy holidays. Any of them. All of them. Take your pick. It means both Merry Christmas and Happy President's Day. <laughs> exactly. Both these things together. Uh, well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. I will not extend the same courtesy to you. That's fair. Um, but here's a courtesy I will extend, if not to you, then to many other people. My copy of Sonic Forces. You would like to borrow it, would you? Yes. <laughs> this, this is how questions are normally posed. <laughs> Someone brings up the subject, and then they ask a question about the subject. And dear reader, and by reader, of course, I mean listener. <laughs> I assume that people who listen to this show read at least uh, like four or five words that we write, right? Yeah, probably. If nothing else, they're like skimming that episode name. Right. Being like, does this interest me in the slightest? Right. And we wrote the three words of the title of the show, Nintendo Cartridge Society. We wrote that. Yeah. That's us. That's a Mark and Patrick original. That's right. Co-copywritten title right there. Right? Do we own a a copyright on that? (laughs) Uh, Practically. (laughs) I mean, it would be tough, I think, for us to copyright a name that has Nintendo's name in it. (laughs) That is trademark. We'd get sued! Yeah. (laughs) Would be difficult. Um, What are we talking about? My copy of Sonic Forces, Mm -hmm. which you can borrow. This is probably another thing we can get sued for. Who knows? Um, You should email us with your mailing address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at At gmail.com. And maybe the fact that we could get sued for it. Maybe that's incentive for you to get on the list as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. I I mean, both things are true. That, like, A, you want to get in before, like, you can't get in anymore. Right. And B, now it's dangerous, maybe. Who You're knows? an accomplice. Yeah, that's right. You could be uh, indicted as a co-conspirator. Yeah, because this... if we go down, we're sharing all of your personal information. Oh, absolutely. The first thing I'm going to give to the federal investigators before they, they even ask, off, before they even ask, I'm going to say, I've got switch friends codes for you. You can chase these people down. Do not give out your uh, <laughs> any password information through the Nintendo uh, uh, online. Uh, don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't, don't that's, do it. I mean, that's good advice. Um, do that. Next month, we are doing something special. That's right. It's an entire month 
of topic episodes, of Thursday episodes devoted to retro games. And not just retro games, specifically weird retro sequels. Yes. So the first one that we're going to do is Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Why is this game weird, Mark? Why is because it a weird sequel? Because it's so different from the first game. And uh, to find out more than that, you're just going to have to listen. Oh, what a tease. Let's see if we can do that three more times. Uh, on the 14th, we are going to be talking about Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. Why is this a weird sequel? Uh, because not only is it a weird sequel to Super Mario Brothers that you know and love on the NES and the Super Nintendo, it's also a weird sequel to Super Mario Land the first. Uh, I would argue that it is a weird capper to the trilogy that is Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, Super Mario Land 2. But if you are if you want to know more, you're just going to have to listen on the 14th. Mm-hmm. On the 21st, we are doing Star Tropics. No, we are doing Zoda's Revenge, Star Tropics 2. Thank you for getting that correct. <laughs> well, first for getting it wrong and then for getting it correct. Mark, why is this a weird sequel? Uh, for all the same reasons the other ones were. Great. And we then, just got to get through this. And then on the 28th, we're doing uh, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. So on and so forth. So on and so forth. All right, Mark, you want to talk about some demos. Let's do it. Let's start by talking about Yoshi's A Crafted World, the demo. Now, this was uh, one of the demos that launched alongside, or later in the day, with the um, Nintendo Direct last week. Uh, You can play the first level of Yoshi's Crafted World, um, and you can play it in uh, what I... Like, three, basically, three different versions of Mm -hmm. it. Um, And uh, it's... So, from from what you played of it, do you think that that, that every level has... Like that many different uh, iterations on them, or I don't know. It's hard to know. I I kind of feel like this demo just being the first level of the game does it a little bit of a disservice. I think it does a pretty big disservice to it. Yeah, because um, I don't know if it's typical of what we should expect, and if it is, I'm. It's definitely not that interesting to me. Like skipping ahead a little bit, when you finish those mm-hmm. three iterations of the level they play a little video being like, thanks for getting a taste of Yoshi's Crafted World. Here's like some stuff that you can expect in the full game. A little bit of a sizzle reel. And it definitely shows a lot more complexity and like some actual, or what look like actual like platforming. And so that kind of made it more interesting to me. But this first level definitely did not sell me on the game other than being anything than very cute. Yeah, it is super cute and like really simple to the point of being uh, kind of like, what's the point? Um, I, I, I am confident that the game will be more interesting than that first level. Well, yes. And uh, to your original question, which is, do I think like that it's typical that each level have these three like versions of it yeah. so the way that the if you haven't played it you have like the regular version of the level and then it flips and it becomes something where you're trying to catch these poochie puppies so you're running adorable yeah you're running through the level like backwards essentially yeah you're seeing the backside of what you saw um the front of originally like all the facades and all that kind of stuff and now there is a new collectible for you to get and it's also uh, that it's intended that you do it within a certain time limit which is uh, pretty reminiscent of Wario Land Shake It, um, which was a Wii, the Wario game on Wii, uh, developed by the same people. Do we know Good. that? So 
Yeah, I don't, that's, I a don't good, know. that's a good field game. I, it is a good field game. I don't know if Crafted World is anymore. I feel like the last time Crafted World was re-revealed, yeah. it no longer said that it was developed by Goodfield, but I don't I don't know. I don't know sure. for sure. Well, and maybe uh, maybe it's not, and that is a vestige of uh, when Goodfield was working on it. Mm-hmm. It feels uh, very similar to that, but without... Uh, so one of the things that was so cool about uh, Wario Land Shake It was that... Uh, like. Wario's locomotion changed completely from going forward through the level to going backward through the level. He runs at a high speed and you can't make him stop. And like when he runs into stuff, he breaks it. And you know, it's it it becomes a, a different game, a totally different experience going back through the level. Um, and this was not that. This was just running back the backwards through the level. But in the sizzle reel that they showed off towards the end, it seems like uh flipping the world around yeah is something that becomes more like dynamic later in the game like you're actually triggering it so again it just feels like showing off this first level was not a good representation of like what the game is going to be and it didn't really sell me on it because i still feel like i don't really know yeah 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 well and i mean if if it is anything like any of these good feel games or any of the last like yoshi or kirby games like they all start way too easy and some of them never really break out of too easy that was my complaint with epic yarn yeah um and uh i i because epic yarn literally has no fail states in it um and i think it's it's a criticism that you could also levy at uh the most recent kirby game whose name i can't remember oh uh star allies star allies is correct um that uh that game never really gets super difficult um, but like the uh, Kirby uh, Yoshi's Woolly World um, definitely gets to a place where the just getting through the levels is difficult and uh, to, to a place where um, getting everything in a level, com- uh, completing them with uh, all of the uh, flowers and with full hearts and with all the red coins is an extremely difficult thing to accomplish. Um, but in this demo, that the, the first level did not offer any anything like that which i understand because you want to like give people an approachable taste for what the game could be i just feel like they could split the difference a little bit and i played on like regular yeah, difficulty so like there's like the option when you first it's just regular or chill right like right and yeah. i i can't even imagine what that version is like i mean it shows a yoshi with wings so i assume you just <laughs> fly around the level it might even be more fun that way <laughs> it might be because again there's no way that you can die or fail yeah. in like this version of it. I guess you could die if you let a shy guy continually walk into you. Like there is health, but like the wings wouldn't really do anything because you can't fall into anything in this first level. Yeah, it's yeah. very guided. Yeah, it it is very very guided. Um, so one one thing that uh, uh I, I noted as as different in this game, um, is the Yoshi throwing eggs. Um, it used to be that the egg throwing mechanic was. Uh, it would start like a little reticle that would kind of like bounce uh, in, in an arc in front of Yoshi. And then you push the button again or release the button, depending on how you have the, the control set. And Yoshi hurls an egg. Um, now you have total control over this reticle um, that you control with one of the thumbsticks. And in 3D space, too. I mean, it's kind of in 3D space. You are really just like controlling where that reticle is on a you know 2D plane. And if if you're targeting something that is in the background or in the foreground, 
you're not really moving in that depth of field. That's you know true. I mean? That's true. Um, like you're basically just clicking on the thing that you want uh, Yoshi to throw the egg at. It does mean that you are throwing at things in the foreground or in the background um, in the same kind of breath, same kind of motion as something that is on the uh, same plane as Yoshi, which is kind of cool. It's it's a, a, a neat like exploration mechanic and I think does a nice job of uh, taking what is still a 2D game and putting it in a convincingly 3D space. Um, like I like the idea that it is a a set of like interconnected 2D planes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I look forward to there being uh, interesting implementations of that as far as like puzzles are concerned. Um, in in the level that they provided for you uh, in 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 the demo, it's kind of just like you throw eggs at everything, um, and you never you know you're never going to run out of eggs completely um so you know it's it's i guess it's just a a thing where um like they don't want you to be frustrated in the demo and like run out of the economy of thing that lets you explore more um but it it is one of those cases where like you just have too much freedom to really experience what i think the game is going to be yeah i mean it really just reminds me a lot of star allies which you already mentioned which was a game from last year that I enjoyed. And, you know, I played it in single player and um, in co-op, I think it would have been a different experience because the game kind of just plays itself a little bit with all the allies you get when you're playing it by yourself. Yeah. I mean, this is one thing that this game won't have is that you you don't you're not constantly surrounded by three allies who are hyper aggressive (laughs) and playing the game for you. Yeah, for sure. But just like that feeling of um, uh, where I liked it and, you know, I enjoyed my time with it, but it never wowed me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, uh, I feel like this is a bad demo. Um, and I'm still, I'm no less or more excited to play, uh, Crafted World when it comes out. I'm guessing slash hoping that the, uh, late game in this thing, uh, gets punishing and, uh, fun. But I guess right now we don't really have any evidence of that. Right. Other than the sizzle reel, which, again, looks exciting. Yeah. And I like the idea of wearing all those goofy costumes. Give me those goofy costumes. Oh, I guess uh, we didn't talk about the like third iteration of, of the level. Um, after you go through it forwards and then through it backwards, getting all of the Yoshi pups. Um, Yoshi pups? Poochie pups. Um, then you like get a mission from a character outside of the level saying, hey... I like cows. Go collect cows in that level for me. And then you can just go in and you just throw eggs at, at the cows as they are in the level. Did you know, were the cows in there previously? Yeah, they were. They, they were Because I remember throwing eggs at them the first time. Oh, yeah. Because one of the, one of the things that is actually kind of cool about the game, especially initially um, before you, at least in this first level, bump up against the limitations of it, is the game invites you to throw eggs at any pretty much anything. Yeah, and, and knock down just about anything. And then you will get you get coins for that. And so when I saw there were cows and I could target it with my reticle, it was like, yeah, absolutely I'm going to like try and see what this does. Um but then you get like further into the level and you understand that like, oh, the actual things I can do this with are it's more limited than this basically this isn't Yoshi crackdown is what I'm saying. Right. We're not gonna get like <laughs> server side cloud physics in, in this game or anything like right. that. Um, okay, uh, any any further thoughts about Yoshi's Crafted World? Not really. I mean, like we said, the demo did not do a good job of selling this game. 
Yeah, and uh, I'm very interested in how everyone else's experiences uh, are with these demos, too. I assume everyone picked them up because it was an exciting day to have a, a Switch, and you got to do something between rounds of Tetris 99. Uh, so write to us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. All right, Mark, let's get into the next demo of Damon X Machina. This was definitely Meteor. Uh, it was definitely Meteor. I am less excited to play this game uh, than Yoshi's Crafted World. So I had no expectations yeah. of enjoying this, mm-hmm. but I, I had I had fun in the demo. Um, did you spend time uh, in the character creator, or did you just like jam through it? No, I did. I uh, created a beautiful boy <laughs> with uh, um, light purple hair. Oh, mine has light pink hair. Also a beautiful boy. <laughs> uh, really stunning. Really gorgeous. I also spent time like going to the lab and getting like new skills and abilities and customizing my uh, mech. So I definitely played around with the stuff that was there. Yeah. But I only did each of the missions like one time. And there were, what, three or four missions? I think including it's four. Including like, a boss yeah. battle at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, for me, um, I like went into muck around with the options and or not not the options but like learn skills and uh, uh equip stuff and um it seemed overwhelming to me um even even like from the get go of just being like oh my god okay so i've got i've got two arms i've got pylons what <laughs> and like oh no i i put decals on my head and like all it it the menus in this are deep what what's your experience with mech games in general uh, kind of limited. I uh, actually, I would say very limited. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever played one. Um, the the only mech game experience that I have is going to uh Navy Pier in Chicago, and when there were there was like a BattleTech setup, and you're in those like battle pods, mm-hmm. um, which is super cool and super fun, and a great way to get your friend's dad to spend thirty bucks <laughs> on you for the afternoon. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, and I was really just into that because I was playing the uh, the tabletop game BattleTech at the time, um, which I guess sort of qualifies as a a mech game. But this feels different than that to me. Um, this is a lot more like action based and like quick. But I guess what you're saying is that it's in like the customization. Yeah, I mean, I wonder like if game. I wonder if that's like some of the appeal is being able to really like customize your mech and your character and find a play style, like a type of mech yeah. that really like appeals to you because yeah, it's, it's hard for me to really speak to whether this game scratches that itch for somebody. Cause I, it's not something that I have ever experienced before. So yeah. I don't really know what makes a good one of these games or not. Um, I feel like the thing that I did notice was a little bit of what I saw when you were playing Starlink battle for Atlas. Yeah. The Ubisoft game where Again, just based on the demo, the enemy types in this game feel like they're going to be very limited. Sure. And totally. like there's like a tank and there's other mechs and there are like big boss things that maybe are a little bit different. And there's little like flying satellite um, drone things. Yeah. Well, and it's also it's, it's a little bit tough. Like I might have been fighting different type of types of flying drone things, but like they're kind of too small and like the interface is busy enough because like when when you're uh just kind of like sweeping the area like firing your guns like a madman it also locks on to everything for you so there's this like you know uh kind of red cube that appears over enemies that you're targeting 
which, you know, at, at some point you stop seeing the enemies and you're just like, ah, red cube, there we go. Right. And I actually liked that mechanic because uh, when you are targeting them, when it is a red cube, like, you, the your guns fire automatically at it at, like, a lower rate than if you... Than if you are holding the trigger, yeah. Then if I feel like I was just always holding the trigger. <laughs> um, I couldn't really. Did, did you play through all the way, like d- defeat the boss and everything? Because no. So I I got through the, or I got into the fourth, fourth, third mission, the one after uh, where you're like protecting the library. Yeah. That one? So I I, okay. I I did the library, beat the library, uh-huh. and then like got into the next mission, uh, and it uh beat me, and I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Was again. it the big like? spider boss thingy or i can't remember what the order of the remember, bosses were. i can't remember what but anyway so like in that one specifically in the boss fight which i had to do a couple of times before i figured out like how the strategy to defeat it um i like ran out of ammo all the time and so had to wait for the boss to like shoot out a bunch of the little drone things so that way i could oh, kill so them could wipe and wipe them out yeah. that was the first time in any of the demo that i ran into it but sorry going back to, to the uh Starlink Battle for Atlas oh, yes. thing is it just felt like when I was watching you play that game where there were limited enemy types and they would shuffle them into a different scenario but it was always kind of the same thing and they took a little bit too long to kill and just like all that yeah. kind of stuff like that's I was getting that vibe from uh this demo as well yeah and it's not I mean I, it's also I think a, a problem with uh Starlink is that um it's all dressed up, all of these, like, the, the same enemies, the same basic missions of, like, kill everything or protect the library, <laughs> um, is dressed up with these, like, uh, this world building and these, like, cinematics that, uh, you know, are based on almost exclusively, like, showing you the image of the person who's talking and then, like, their text. And everything is voice acted in here, which, which is interesting. Um, but, like, man... It, kind of void of any anything of value did you i know i know you are a uh press a to skip the talking kind of guy well okay here's the mistake i made is uh i actually didn't mind the presentation i totally get what you're saying i think it's more of a like there is a little bit more of a mix of cutscenes and the just like text box oh sure i guess you're right presentation they, 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 they mix it up um but there's not a ton of like full-blown cutscenes and it's not like that's a selling point for me yeah and the dialogue everything is very just like anime 101 you know like it's all the archetypes you'd expect to be there saying all the things you would expect them to say i mean they they kind of dive into the like thematic deep end right away um in a way that is just like this is not earned at all when <laughs> when you're defending the library uh the the characters are like whoa what's a library and then one of them is like uh, it's uh, where we store our culture and the uh, the the character who's identified as the artist artist is his name uh-huh. or maybe his call sign i don't know <laughs> um he's like whoa you mean like my street art and dance moves those are culture too and it's like oh what are we doing well, so here Here's both the good decision and the mistake I made is I uh, chose Japanese voice acting. <laughs> so so this impression isn't like ringing totally true to you. Well, here's the thing is that like they still conveyed that okay. very strongly, right. <laughs> even though the words were not uh, intelligible to me. But, but the reason it was a mistake is because, and look, I'm like, I 
am not opposed to anime nonsense. Yeah. Right? Like, and so um, the fact that they were just, like, hitting familiar beats did not bother me in the slightest. Uh, but the mistake I made is because I chose Japanese voice acting, the, during the missions, everybody's talking in Japanese, and the only way it would potentially be <laughs> intelligible is if I was reading the uh, text boxes as they were appearing in the left-hand corner. Yeah. And it's like, there's no chance I'm going to be able to do that with everything else that's going on on the screen. Right. And like, the, uh, your attention is on the action. And so anything that was happening during the missions themselves, <laughs> I did not, I totally and completely missed. Right. Because I just couldn't pay, you know, like it wasn't possible to pay attention to what everybody was saying. Uh, it's also probably being drowned out by that incessant heavy metal score. <laughs> Which again, I know is uh, a, a certain flavor of anime nonsense. Um, but like the music cues in this are always too loud mm -hmm. and too aggressive. You could definitely, they're in the options. If you wanted to, you could like slide it <laughs> <Could> down. <laughs> um, it's a good option. Yeah. I like, I don't know this. So ha having not played a ton of games and not really having any love of like mech anime or stories in general. Um, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I thought like the world was, surprisingly like the implications of some of the stuff is dark like your character when you go into the lab which is where you uh, can upgrade your character but also like if you want to change their uh hair color give them a new haircut or something you can do that there as well the you're basically like uh augmenting your body and they're like yeah you know like uh in the text descriptions they're like this will change your like your the your physical build so when you like uh, get better eyes like your eyes are replaced with these like cybernetic eyes your are if you want to jump higher your like legs are replaced like things like that which are like the implications of that are surprisingly dark yeah well and it, it, the game even like kind of starts out that way once you make your character like you wake up on a slab where it's like you're recovering from surgery of us having just like implanted some communications device inside you and then i, I don't know if it's just because I was going in and like not knowing anything about the world, but uh, it does sort of feel like you are a clean slate when you go into that. Like you don't have any history. You are just like uh, you get in a robot and you pilot that robot and you do what you're told. Yeah, and you're like uh, uh, you're a mercenary. I can't remember what the in-game name for them yeah. are, but yeah, your first mission is like a training mission. Like, are you good enough to do this? Can you? Um, you're. I think you're trying to i think basically what happened is like the something happened with the moon and then that caused ai to go crazy and yeah, so I think, I think you got it <laughs> so like the I enemy got it the enemies you're fighting are ai but also there are other like uh bad guys in mech suits that are either controlled by i by the ai or just have been like persuaded by the ai it's all like there's a lot yep. going on but and i don't know that this interested me enough to buy the game. Like, I feel like even in the demo, I was bumping up the, against the limits of like my patience for this kind of stuff. Uh, it's the same sort of thing as like dynasty warriors, where it's just hordes of enemies. Yeah. And you know, th you have to find your own specific joy in something like that. And I just don't know that it's for me, but I enjoyed this taste of it much more than I was expecting to. Yeah, well, and you know, like you said, it is a uh, it is meaty. Like you can spend some uh, a couple hours uh, going going through the whole thing. 
I mean, when I say a couple hours, I mean probably a literal couple, two hours mm-hmm. um, to, to get through the whole thing. So, like, certainly worth playing. Um, uh, did you get the survey where you emailed by Nintendo to say, hey, tell me what you think of this game? No, did you? No, I did oh, not. Yeah, I, I just I, know that, it, that that was part of this experience. Well, I I think it'll. Do you remember? Where's when they did, my survey? Do you remember when they did that with Octopath Traveler? I do. That so that's what I feel like is happening here because I am guessing that paid off for the developers of Octopath Traveler to actually like get feedback from people who played the demo yeah. and then they go in and like fine tune the systems. Um, but I think I would imagine that they'll be sent out like a week or two from now. Oh, okay. and not just you like, think a, a little bit of time. Yeah. Um. Uh, do we have a, a date for this game yet? Uh, I think summer is all we've heard. Okay. Uh, so at at, at this point, um, you're thinking this is probably uh, the, you're at you're at the the limit of what you want to experience in this world. Yeah, but I I liked this demo way more than I liked Yoshi's Crafted World. Like out of the two, the demo persuade like I would spend the sixty dollars to pick up Demon X Bacchina because. Uh, even though I don't know that I would love the game, the demo definitely made me more interested to find out what the full experience is like uh, versus Yoshi's Crafted World, which moved me not at all. Right. And for me, uh, the demo for Yoshi's Crafted World also moved me not at all, but I'm going to buy that game anyway. So, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't, uh, there, there were just too many things that like aesthetically weren't jiving with me. Uh, to really get into a a game whose um like system seemed a little bit too obtuse, uh, and for you know for, for action that was like neat, but you know I never totally felt like I was in absolute control of uh of the suit um arsenals is that what they're called mm, maybe look nobody knows <laughs> um so yeah I I think that I'll I'll probably pass on that one but. Uh, you know, we may find out new exciting things as we get closer to the releases of these games. Um, all right, Mark, let's close out uh, this part of our discussion on the Damon X Machina demo. But as always, we would like to know what your experiences are with these things as well. So write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Have you been persuaded by one of these demos? Did one of them surprise you? Have you been dissuaded by either of these? We would love to know. Yep, so write us. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share things. It helps us out a bunch. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Uh, You can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Fire.